Good evening and welcome to this Maundy Thursday service at St. Stephen's Church in Burke, Virginia. I'm Rob Robertson, one of the pastors here, along with Pastor Gian Kim and Pastor Forrest Teague. And we are so grateful that you have joined us for this most holy night. We come to remember the night that Jesus gathered his disciples for a last meal before his arrest, his crucifixion and death. To help you remember and to celebrate this holy night, you are encouraged to have some of the following. One or more candles, a pitcher of water, a bowl, or smaller bowls for each individual, and a towel or several towels. You will use these either during the service or at the end of the service this evening as we celebrate Monday Thursday. Now let us prepare for worship. Our gathering music is, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Church, we join a solemn journey of three days that changed the world 
and our own lives. Followers of Jesus have been taking this journey since his first followers took it long ago. This is a night of love. On this night, Jesus took a towel and basin and washed his disciples' feet. On this night, he told them to do the same for others to show their love for him and for one another. This is the night of love. On this night, followers of Jesus have invited those preparing for baptism to begin with them a solemn vigil of prayer and fasting until the day of Christ's resurrection is fulfilled. This is the night of love. On this night, Jesus broke bread and shared wine with his followers for the last time and invited them to remember him, to encounter him anew whenever they did the same. This is the night of love. On this night, followers of Jesus have welcomed those who have returned to the way of Jesus after a time of wandering and a journey of returning. This is the night of love. This is the night of love. And so, on this night, we welcome the penitent. All here have wandered. And invite all preparing. All here are still learning. To join us in hearing and obeying the commandment of our master. And to feast at his table. That we may love one another as he has loved us. Come, ye sinners. Come, ye thirsty. Come, ye weary. Come, Come to, to the, the celebration, celebration of, of God's, God's love. love. Church, let us pray. Loving and ever-gracious God, who comes in a human form and kneels to wash our dirty, dusty feet, we gather in this evening hour as friends gathered with Jesus in an upper room long ago. We give you thanks for such kindness and mercy towards us. Open our hearts that we might understand your generous love for us and then go in your name to share that love with the world. May this night deepen in us a sense of your steadfast love for us in Jesus Christ, our friend and redeemer. Amen. Church, please join in our opening song, Sanctuary. sanctuary 
To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary readings this evening all come from the Gospel of John, a section in John's Gospel called the Farewell Discourses. Jesus has gathered his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal where they remember God's amazing love and grace and deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And Jesus has gathered his disciples as well for a time of preparation a time to assure and to instruct his disciples one final time before his arrest and crucifixion and death. Our first reading comes from a selection of verses in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the hearts of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he had tied around him. 
He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you share you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean, and you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. That is what I am. So if I... Your teacher and your Lord have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their masters, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. May God bless our reading of his holy word. We now invite you to get that towel and the uh, pitcher and the water basin that Pastor Rob talked about earlier. And you will see in a moment about a five minute long video of hand and foot washing. And we encourage you in this time, if you are set up, to participate with your loved ones at home by washing their hands or their feet. Don't worry if you don't have it together right now. We encourage you to do so after the service.
Next reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 21. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. May God bless our reading of God's holy word. Thank you. 
Church, our next reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such, as branch, uh, such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Or, or, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer, because a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. 
May God bless our reading of his holy word. Next reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 1 through 20. I have said these things to you to keep you from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour is coming when those, kill, those who kill you will think that by doing so, they are offering worship to God. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. But I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world's wrong about sin and righteousness and the judgment about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are, that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying to us, A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, they said, What does he mean by this, a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, are you discussing among yourselves what I meant to, what I meant when I said a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. May God bless our reading of God's holy word.
We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know. Let us pray. Since we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth, make us hunger for this heavenly food, that it may, may nourish us tonight in the way of life that is abundant and eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the bread of heaven. Amen. In spite of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on the day that we now remember as Palm Sunday, Jesus and, and Jerusalem had proven not to be friends. Jerusalem was the center of Jewish spiritual life. Jerusalem was filled with rabbis and priests, Sadducees and Pharisees and other religious people and each seemed to have an opinion about Jesus, and none of it was particularly good. Whether motivated by jealousy or self-preservation, it seemed that anyone who was successful in gathering a crowd, like Jesus had, sooner or later found themselves in conflict with these religious people. It was only a matter of time before things in the holy city got hot and crazy for Jesus and his disciples. By Thursday, the situation was beginning to boil over. Jesus knew it, and likely so did his disciples. So a retreat to Galilee or to quiet Nazareth would have seemed like a great idea. Nazareth was Jesus' hometown, as a boy growing up with his parents, Joseph and Mary, Jesus had played in those streets. In Nazareth, he had learned the role of a carpenter in the trade as a young man. Nazareth was home to family and friends who knew him simply as Jesus, the son of Joseph, or Mary's firstborn. Certainly he and the other disciples could continue their ministry there of course it wasn't it wouldn't it wasn't so easy the last time that they had been in Nazareth reading from the scriptures in the synagogue there Jesus had publicly proclaimed that he was in fact the long-awaited Messiah God's Redeemer the one who had been promised by the prophet Isaiah. The hometown crowd hadn't reacted too kindly to the announcement and had driven Jesus out of the town. His own people had attempted to kill him. The truth is, no matter where Jesus went with his message, at some point he would be met with hostility. Even today, there are those who 
want a human Jesus, but not a divine one. There are those who want a Jesus who's a good teacher of the truth, not one who is the ultimate embodiment of it. There are those people who would rather have Jesus made in their own image instead of having to bow down to him and to be transformed and renewed into his image. As we know, Jesus didn't run for safer spaces. And let's face it, if there wasn't likely any safer spaces for him, not when he told others the truth, the truth that he was the way and the truth and the life. Knowing that his hour had come and the time of his departure, his crucifixion and death was at hand, Jesus gathered his disciples in an upper room to say goodbye and to share with his closest friends important last instructions before he had to go. He gathered his disciples right in the heart of Jerusalem for a final meal. And, have loving, and having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. When it came time to teach, Jesus got up from the table and took off his outer robe and put a towel around himself and poured water into a basin and stooped down to wash his disciples' feet. It was a sign act, an action in which Jesus teaches that in love and in humility, it's better to serve than to be served. Jesus modeled this important lesson privately for his disciples, even as he would model it publicly when he was nailed to a cross. And after Jesus returned to the table, after washing his disciples' feet, he asked them, do you know what I have done for you? His disciples were dumbfounded. They didn't know what to make of it at all. So Jesus continues, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. With the basin and with the towel, Jesus gave his disciples and us an example of servant love. But there's also another truth here that we don't want to miss tonight. When Peter resisted Jesus' gift of servant love, Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Jesus has something that we need, but we must be willing to receive it. Much of the time, we like to maintain the illusion that we are quite self-sufficient. 
that we have within ourselves everything that we need to be full and happy and have successful lives. We don't need anyone or anything else. Much of the time, we like to think that, don't we? But in our most honest moments, we know this is but an illusion. We do need to receive from God. And yes, also from one another. Tonight we learn that Jesus' foot washing had very little to do with dirty feet and everything to do with the life of Christ and the life that we are called to live in him. In the first century, foot washing was no more a symbolic ceremony than breaking bread or pouring wine. The first century household servants would always get the foot washing task and it was the one of the most demeaning and filthy tasks in their culture. But the real idea with foot washing or hand washing that you did tonight or will do later tonight is to depict the, uh, the experience and to experience the power of, of Jesus' humility and servitude. And when we do things in humility and we do them in Jesus' name, we will find that we more clearly see both how and why Jesus came to serve us. We discover it about, it is about love and relationship. Jesus' teaching on love continued as he told his disciples, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Likely the disciples thought, yeah, we can do that. But then Jesus said this, he says, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Now that definitely changed things. And Jesus says it was a new commandment. But was it really a new commandment? Jesus had taught us about love all along in his ministry. In fact, he had already given us another commandment about love. He had said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So why do we need a new commandment? Well, here's the answer. Look at where they were. It was the Last Supper. That means it was a Passover meal. Now, now get this. In Jewish families then and today, they celebrate the Passover with family. Jesus is telling the church that you are a new family. So love one another. That's a command. And love one another so that the world will know that you are Christians by your love. And that's exactly what happened. It was in Antioch that the Christians were first called, that the church was first called Christians. They said in Antioch, look how these Christians love one another. 
It was a surprise because especially at Antioch, the church was made up of all these people who by kinship rules not only had no obligation to love one another, but by kinship rules were often obligated to hate one another because they came from different nations and races and they had no feeling of goodwill toward one another. The Antiochians see the church coming together as a new family, loving one another as if they were family. And those who observed were amazed. Jesus was creating a new family called church. We see this also in the communion table of Jesus Christ and, and in the open table that we share as United Methodists. In addition to foot washing and a new commandment, the theologian N.T. Wright reminds us that when Jesus wants us to understand the love poured out on the cross, he didn't just give us foot washing and he didn't just give us a new commandment. No, Jesus gave us a meal. As Wright says, we break bread and drink wine together, telling the story of Jesus and his death. Because Jesus knew that this set of actions would explain the meaning of his death in a way that nothing else, no theories, no clever ideas could ever do. That's why we've gathered here virtually this evening in the love of Christ, that we can see and hear and respond to the call of love that Jesus Christ has placed on our lives, that we are called to be the body active in love in the world. We come to be cleansed and transformed that part of our humanity that has been tainted and marred by the world can be renewed in Jesus Christ. I give you a new commandment, he says, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus understands that if his disciples do not love one another, it's not likely that they could love others. And that further, the watching world would have every right to draw the conclusion, even if erroneous, that the disciples not loving each other couldn't possibly have any knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so, sisters and brothers, in the name of Jesus, who washed feet and suffered long, let us love one another. In the name of Jesus, who broke the bread and served the cup, let us love one another. In the name of Jesus, who willingly gave himself up to death on a cross, let us love one another. In the name of Jesus, who gave us a new commandment, let us love one another. 
Brothers and sisters, let us love one another according to the way of Jesus. For by this, everyone will know that we are his disciples, if we but love one another. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper, and when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to his father and he gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink this as often as you gather in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we commit ourselves to be living sacrifices, to love one another as Christ has commanded us. After the end of this service, we will have drive-through communion that will be open for about 45 minutes after the end of the service. So that is almost about nine o'clock. So we hope that you will come on this holy night, this Maundy Thursday, and to receive the elements, the prepackaged elements of bread and of juice that we might receive the grace that God has given us in this holy meal to follow Jesus' command. Amen. Hear this, our last reading from the Gospel of John this Monday, Thursday. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I've made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I've given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they believed that you sent me. 
I'm asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given them and given to me, so that they may be one as we are one. I ask not on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them. So that, it may, so that they may be one as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that, they have, that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. After Jesus spoke these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidon Valley to a place where there was a garden which he and the disciples entered. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The pastors and I look forward to seeing you at drive through communion this evening. We close our service with our prayer. Let us pray. Come, O light, and illuminate our darkness. Come, O life, and revive us from death. Come, our physician, and heal our wounds. Come, flame of divine love, and burn up the thorns of our sins, kindling our hearts with the flame of your love. Come, our King, sit upon the throne of our lives and reign there. For you alone are our King and our Lord. Amen.